different person if I had. Mum kisses him on the cheek. She looks really pretty in her new frock, especially with her hair in ringlets and the sleeves covering her tattoos. I love you just the way you are, she says to Dad as we step outside into the sunshine. She means it too, even though Dad's wearing a yellow shirt with a blue suit. Dad grabs Mum on the bottom and they both laugh. I look anxiously around the school grounds. Other kids and their parents are strolling about mostly wearing tennis clothes with sweaters knotted over their shoulders. None of them are looking at us. Not yet. I peer over towards the car park, trying to see if Uncle Grubb is getting into our car or someone else's. Check this, says Dad proudly, patting the wall of an old building. Genuine sandstone. Suddenly, I can't keep quiet any longer. I hate being a squealer, especially on my first day, but I can't stop myself. I don't want to go to this school, I say quietly. Mum and Dad stare at me, shocked. Then Mum gives me a hug. I know, love, she says. It's all new and scary. But you'll feel different when you've made some friends. I sigh. Friends? Me? Dream on. Dad puts his arm round me too. By the time we see you at parents' night tomorrow, you'll be loving it here, he says. Trust me. This school, says Mum, is going to give you everything me and Dad didn't have. I nod sadly. I can't do it to them. They spent months choosing this place. Mum cancelled the plastic surgery on her tattoos so they could afford the fees. How can I tell them I'd rather be going into Mrs Posnick's class at my old school? You've got to admit, says Mum, giving me another squeeze. This place is better than your old school. I nod again, but I don't mean it. My old school's only ten minutes from home by foot. The uniform's a comfortable T-shirt instead of this scratchy blazer. And the teachers and kids are fantastic. Nobody tries to push you into being their friend. If you want to keep to yourself so nobody finds out your family are criminals, you can. This school is crawling with kids of lawyers and judges and commissioners of police. If they find out what Mum and Dad do, we're sunk. I open my mouth to tell Mum and Dad that sending me here is putting our whole family at risk and that they're making a terrible mistake. But I don't. Their faces are so hopeful. I remember how miserable they were when Gavin got put away for shoplifting. I'm their only other kid. I can't hurt them too. I have to try and get through the next seven years. Somehow. For them. As I'm thinking this, Dad steers me over to a complete stranger. Excuse me, says Dad, blocking the stranger's path. I'm Len White. You a teacher? The stranger, a tall skinny bloke with a beaky face and a bundle of folders under his arm, looks at me and Mum and Dad about twice each. Creeley, he says, science and personal development. Dad pumps Mr Creeley's hand. Mr Creeley gives him a thin smile. This is my daughter Bridget, says Dad. She's just starting in year six. Bridget's a very sensitive and top-notch young person. If you could see your way clear to helping her settle in, I would be personally very grateful. Mr Creeley gives me the thin smile. We regard every student as sensitive and uh, top-notch, he says. Every one of them will receive the very best care and support, as young Bridget will discover at her first assembly tomorrow morning. Dad reaches into his inside pocket. With a jolt of panic, I realise what he's going to do. No, Dad, I plead silently. Not here. It's too late. Dad pulls a plastic object out of his pocket 
and presses it into Mr. Creeley's hand. Bulgarian Game Boy, says Dad. Seriously top-notch quality, with my compliments. Mr. Creeley stares at the Game Boy, horrified. Thank you, he says, but I couldn't possibly... Don't fret, says Dad. I've got a warehouse full of them. Keep a friendly eye on Bridget for me, and I'll sling you an Iraqi blender next visit. I pray Mr. Creeley doesn't ask to see the import documents for the Game Boy. I'm not sure if the Bulgarian businessman Dad deals with can even write. Uh, thank you, mutters Mr. Creeley, and hurries away. Huh, nice bloke, says Dad, ruffling my hair. Mum is frowning at Dad's jacket pocket. I can see she's wondering what else he's brought along from the warehouse. We should probably be thinking about going, love, says Mum to me. Would you like us to take you back to your room and say goodbye there? Uh, no, thanks, I say. The car park's fine. I just want to get them out of here before Dad tries to give a set of Algerian hair curlers to a passing high court judge. We go over to the car. Mum spends a long time hugging me and saying loving things. Normally I'd be glowing with happiness, but I just can't concentrate. Not while we're standing next to the only Mercedes in the car park with dints and a spoiler and flared mudguards. It's not Dad's fault. Uncle Grub gave it to him. In our family... We believe it's rude to criticise presents or get them panel beaten. Dad says lots of loving things too, and gives me a Turkish personal organiser. Uncle Grub waves at me through the car window. Then they drive away. I wave back, trying to hold the tears in so I won't draw attention to myself. I'm sad because they're going, but I'm even sadder because I know the real reason Mum and Dad are paying a fortune to send me to a boarding school that's only an hour by car or school bus from our place. They think if they keep me out of the house, I won't end up like them. Crims. Which is hard for me because they're kind and generous and good, and I love them, and I do want to end up like them. They've gone. I'd better get inside before other parents start talking to me. Hang on. What's that cloud of dust coming through the school gates? It's a car, going really fast, spraying gravel onto the flower beds. Is it them rushing back so Dad can give me an Israeli calculator? Oh, no. It's something even worse, and it's heading straight for me. A police car. Chapter 2 I stand frozen as the police car hurtles towards me along the school driveway. Are we nicked already? Did Mr. Creeley see the fake serial number on the Game Boy? Did he spot the Nintendo logo as in Bulgarian? Did he call the police to interrogate me in front of all the other parents and kids till I crack in the glare of their silver jewellery and gold watches and dob mum and dad in? I'm not hanging around to find out. I sprint across the car park and along the side of the library building, desperate looking for a place to hide. There must be a cellar around here where the librarian puts all the books with rude words in them. A drain. A ditch. Anything. I glance over my shoulder to see if the police are chasing me on foot. They're not. They're not chasing me at all. They're not even looking in my direction. They don't seem the slightest bit interested in me helping them with their inquiries. Oh, wobbly with relief. I pretend to tie my shoelace so I can see what they're up to. The police car 
is parked outside the school office. Two policemen are helping a kid out of the back seat. He's wearing a school blazer. The policemen escort him into the office. One of them carries the kid's suitcase. I realise I've been staring about ten times longer than it takes to tie a shoelace, so I stand up and hurry over to the building my room is in. As I climb the stone steps, my thoughts are going faster than a Bulgarian food processor, the turbo model. Why was that kid in the police car? Did he escape last term and they've only just recaptured him? Or does he just know someone in the police force? Dad used to sell toilets to a property developer who made such big donations to the Police Widows and Orphans Fund that the police used to help him paint his beach house and sometimes drive his kids to judo. I turn the corner at the top of the steps. The upstairs corridor is full of kids and parents dragging luggage into rooms and admiring each other's tans. Most of them look like they've known each other since year four. I try to look as though I've been here since year four as well. It's not easy because I can't remember where my room is. There it is. The one with the loud voices coming out of it. Oh no. My roommates must have arrived. I pause outside the door and try to prepare myself for questioning. Luckily I've got good genes for being questioned. Dad was questioned by the police for two hours once and the only thing he admitted was that fish gives him wind. I just wish I could tell the truth about Mum and Dad's import business. Okay, it's illegal, but at least it means they can sell cheap appliances to people who can't afford expensive ones. Too risky. I go in. G'day, I say. I'm Bridget. For a weird moment, I think I'm sharing the room with triplets. The three girls sitting on their beds have all got exactly the same hairstyle. Long and